From coffee to moonlight, from driving Miss Daisy to the last dragon. We've seen a lot, but we're going to watch them all. I'm Len, the Bat Tribble. And I'm Vincent Williams. And we are the Show Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every, every black, black film ever made. Catch us every week on Podglomerate. All right. Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. G-Town Radio, Wednesday nights, 8 to 10, and I'm joined as always. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this episode, we are going to spend some time with a bona fide African-American classic. 1996's... Set It Off, uh, directed by F. Gary Gray, starring Vivica Fox, Jada Pinkett, before she was Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Kim Elise, and Queen Latifah. With- the film debut of Kimberly Elise. Is this a film? I yes. thought she was in uh, Beloved before this. No, this is introducing, and it says it in, in the... Um, it- in in the credits in the beginning that it says, is introducing really Kimberly Elise. I did not catch that okay yeah. with a couple of uh, supporting roles uh, certainly Blair Underwood yeah the eternally underrated and not working enough Ella Joyce yes yes and John McKinley yes John McKinley always a welcome sight always a welcome sight but before we get to that I yes we, we have, have some feedback. feedback we do. Um, we have feedback from all of those who are listening to us via our podcast or on the radio. If you're checking us out on WPPM 106.5 FM on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Or if you're listening on a Monday morning on WKDU 91.7 FM here in Philadelphia. If you're checking out the show mission, you can please hit us up. Email us at Mission at gmail.com and like and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Michelle Mission, and get involved with our Facebook group, Michelle Mission, which is where we have a whole lot of fun. We actually, speaking of Twitter, we were contacted by a man who actually has a bachelor's, excuse me, a master's in music, H. Rap Critic Brown. That is a great name. Who gave us a shout out, says, uh, shout out to the Michelle show mission i am loving your podcast on spotify thank you sir or ma'am well i believe it's a guy oh thank you sir i I appreciate you trying to be politically correct but i believe that h rap critic ground is a is a gentleman thank you sir uh we also heard from con (laughs) kane on instagram who said that i'm listening to the latest michelle mission where they started reading listener letters one listener writes in saying they rarely take lens recommendations <laughs> as he hates everything <laughs> then vince leans in saying you're a mean one mr len and laughter ensues this inspired con kane who was a noted cartoonist i should add <laughs> To doodle up a picture of said Bat Tribble, a.k.a. me, 
as the Grinch. <laughs> That is fantastic. And there's nothing fantastic <laughs> about this. There's nothing fantastic about this at all. <laughs> no, it is not. I, I'm I'm not sure I because I reposted it. I reposted it on on uh, Instagram so people could see. And but but when you repost it, it just has the um, the, the black and white image of that he did of us. Yeah. But on his original post. On his original post, he did a color version of us, of me as well. Yes. Complete with the quote, you're a mean one, Mr. Len. And our Michelle Mission logo. It's beautiful. It's actually beautiful. Just enjoying the hell out of this. Hey, respect the technique. And then he says, thanks for the inspiration. (laughs) It's beautiful. You're all green. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. You know, hey, it's, it's fan art. What can I say? Yes. We got fan art. We got our first piece of fan our art. First piece of fan art. You know, so God bless. Um, also, I, I want to point out to you that uh, um, we heard from Dorian Missick. Oh, what's said, up, Dorian? Said that he was enjoying the show. He was actually kind of like running lines. Okay. Um, with his with his little dog, his little Corgi. Actually, saw him on Instagram with yeah. yeah. And he said that uh, he was listening to our Tangerine episode while he was doing that. Oh, excellent! So, and he appreciated us giving him a shout out. Absolutely. On said episode, so you know, but to share that with you, Vince. Yes. Um, we also heard from on Twitter. Let me see if I can. Rachel Rawlings. Hey, what's up, Rachel? Said um, she's catching up on all of the shows. And she said, I watched the girl with all the gifts last night and, and I'm catching up with your review now. I didn't know about the color flip between Melanie and the teacher. Thought it was a callback to Scary Spice, Mel B. <laughs> but uh, wants to thank us for talking about this flick. She really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, I'm glad. So that, that was... Uh, that's love. That's love. Yeah, absolutely. I always like that. Um, then let's see. There was something else that I needed to go over with you, Mr. Vince. Ah, yes. We heard from Bougie Square Society who said he took his – this was on a Facebook group – said he took the kids to see the Uncle Drew movie. Yes. Where Tiffany Haddish was in the movie. She's also featured in two upcoming movies. One with Kevin Hart. I believe that's Night School. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a film, an upcoming film uh, directed by Tyler Perry. Yes. Boosty Square Society goes on to say that I'm over the Tiffany Haddish minstrel show. Similarly, like I was over the Kevin Hart show. Mm. More power to both of them on on getting the, the, the job and making that money. Steve Tozen said, uh, asked, why would you call their performances minstrel? I think yeah. that's an unfair criticism for comedians like Hart and Haddish. If you don't like a comedian's work, that's fine. But I'm not going to compare them to folks who wear blackface. Right, Kevin Hart right. writes some actually very smart material. The problem is it doesn't make as much money as his stand-up or his movie roles. Most comedians are capable of more intelligent material, but it doesn't always pay the bills. I think it's messed up yeah, to call yeah. their performance minstrel. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and and that was a pretty vigorous post. Yeah, that that I think is still going because and and you know I think it's reflective 
of a conversation that we've been having, we as as a community about Tiffany Haddish, and you know, to a certain extent, I've I've heard um, Cardi B mm. folded into this, and you know, I think the thing with Tiffany Haddish, and and you know, like I just said, uh, C- Cardi B has come up in these conversations mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. well. I like both of them, just sort of as people and, and, and what they've achieved. And, 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 you know, I, I think the other part of it is just the older I get, the less interest I have in policing people's blackness and, and how they kind of behave basically, especially if they're actually being genuine. Yeah. Which, you know, from everything about Tiffany Haddish, it seems like this is a genuine person. This is genuinely how she is. She just doesn't filter it. Right. And I think there's a difference between not having a filter and performing or putting on. And it seems to me she just doesn't have as much of a filter as some people are are comfortable with. Yeah. Jordan Guerrera. Uh, Jordan, what's up, Jordan? Hey, what's up, Jordan? She said that I want Tiffany to secure the entire bag and do it while being 100% her authentic self, which she appears to be doing. I want her yeah. to have it all unapologetically. I want this for her and for all of us, all while knowing fully that my initial gut reaction to her was dipped in internalized anti-blackness and the trauma of her reminding me of the type of blackness that would probably mercilessly made fun of my type of blackness as a child even though that is some bourgeois I want her to secure the bag even while knowing fully that white America just wants to laugh mostly at her and use her and then spit her out. I just want her to be able to live and secure that bag, sis. Not everything is for everybody. Yeah, and I think that is a point that I I, I never ever want to lose because I'm never ever letting that gaze, that white gaze off the hook ever. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that y- you know well, first of all, respectability politics, like it just doesn't work like talking nice and dressing nice and behaving just doesn't work. So just from the practical point of view, it doesn't work. And then just the psychological damage of, of having to constrain your true self. Like I absolutely want her to be her true self, but understand that a lot of these white audiences really just sort and you can see it when she goes on talk shows now. Like I think there's that one that one appearance and I forget which show she was on where she, you know, first told the already iconic Will and Jada Smith story. Yeah. Where the look of amazement where, where I forget which ho- it was Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy um, Fallon was genuinely amazed at this story unfolding. But since then it really is. She goes on and these hosts, you know, she's on Ellen, she's on these hosts and, and they're almost like wind her up and let's look at the monkey jump. Mm hmm. And that's not um, Tiffany Haddish's fault. That's just sort of the the dynamic of the black performer and the white audience. But um, I also think that that we have a much more extreme reaction to her because she's a woman. I do, and too. and we are much more uncomfortable with women 
you know, working blue, as they say. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, but back to mom's Mabelie. All the way up and all the way up to Tiffany Haddish, you know, certainly Monique would be part of this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. We all we are uncomfortable with black women in particular acting a certain way. And I, I just I have no interest in being part of that. But I acknowledge the discomfort that people have. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, just to read one more uh, note I saw in here from Duante Benningfield. I thought mm-hmm. it was an interesting note that he he gives here. He says if. If Anthony Anderson could break out of the screaming, bug-eyed, running, fat Negro type in straight-to-video movies like Where Dem Who's At and Barbecue at Booty Beach yes, and yes. get to Law and & Order and Blackish. A lot of people don't know he was on Law & Order. For yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe we need to ease up off Kevin and Tiffany and look at what they're accomplishing and consider that maybe they know what they're doing. I think she's great on the last OG. Yeah. Yeah, and we've talked about before. Like, the last OG is infinitely better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And Tiffany Haddish's performance is much more layered and nuanced mm-hmm. than I expected it to be. And, you, you know, we'll talk about this more next week. I, I really, like, even going in after all the buzz and all, I really enjoyed her performance in Girls Trip. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely think there's a lot more going on with Tiffany Haddish. The only thing that I will say, I th- I think, and it may not be a big thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if that a, a little bit of the backlash against Tiffany is because when I look at Kevin Hart and I see, you know, sometimes, yes, Kevin Hart, he comes on these shows, they basically wind him up and let him go. But, that's what the, but when you go on these shows, that's what they do with comedians. Right. It's all about setting up comedians. Mm-hmm. And if your comedian is more of a personality, then, yes, you do sit back and let them go. That's what, and, you know, who are we to knock that? They did it for years with first Jonathan Winters going back into the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and then Robin Williams. Right. You know? So if, Ke- if Kevin Hart does that, that's cool. I think a part of what happens with T- Tiffany Haddish, and it may be to a small degree, you know, this could be an argument, is that she is a personality. She is 100% authentic, and she does like to bug out. Right. She, she bugs the hell out. Well, she's still really happy. And she, and, and she should be. And she should be. She was right. just living in a car last yeah, year. Now yeah. look at her. She's like, right. like she's she's you know she's uh, she's won the Samuel Jackson Award for movies in one year. Right. Right. You know right. what I mean? But I think also what maybe troubles people about her is that yeah she's bugging yeah she's loud yeah she's crazy, but she's also pretty. She's also a good looking woman. Right. She's also somebody that you could like you look at her and you could say, whoa, right. That's a very striking, striking woman. You know, as far as the mainstream considers beauty. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's it's a different thing if she's maybe uh, a larger woman or or what have you. Or just desexualized. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? Uh, That's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that that doesn't also play a part in it part in the, a little bit of that backlash you know oh that's interesting so if she fit more into what we i mean well a, a mom's mably mold i'm not where even, i'm not going to i'm not going to go mom's basically Mabley. desexualized yeah but mom's mably was like like she was d 
sexualized. Right, right. Like, Which she presented she, as an older woman. Right, yeah. I don't yeah. think there was an ex in, in, in Moms Mabley. Right. But, like, it, it, in my mind, I'm thinking of just a year or, or two ago, the whole brouhaha over Leslie Jones, who... I think is a very good looking woman. Right. But, you know, I could see mainstream Hollywood because she's a darker skinned woman, because she's a short, uh, 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 a, a thicker woman. Right. Would not consider her like this, you know, Hollywood beauty. Right. So when she goes out there and she's, she's bugging and being loud, oh, that's fine. They're fine with that. Yeah. Go ahead. Be, be, be your best self. Right. You know, but they um, and I think also to a degree, black America is also cool with her doing that as well, as opposed to Tiffany Haddish, because Tiffany more comfortable with Leslie Jones than Tiffany Haddish, because, you know, I don't like Leslie Jones. Oh, you don't. I don't think she's funny. I don't think she's like drop dead funny, but I I know I don't think she's funny at all. And I think her whole shtick. Is um now you talking about somebody putting on? Really? I think eighty percent of Leslie Jones's whole joke mm-hmm. is that I'm an unattractive black woman and I'm sexually aggressive towards white men, and isn't that funny? Oh, I don't. I see one I full one full eighty five percent of her jokes. That's the joke. Oh. Well, I've never heard of stand up, so I can't just say that. Right. I'm just I'm just an unattractive black woman. Well, we've all agreed, apparently, and like you said, I don't remember taking the survey, but apparently that's what we agreed on. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sexually aggressive towards white men hmm. who don't want to have sex with me. Hmm. And isn't that hilarious? But back to and you kind of brought up with Jonathan Winters, I think when we compare these sort of um broad performances Mm -hmm. between black comedians and white comedians it's like it's it's a false equivalence it's a false equivalency because of the the history right that goes along that's a good point so you know and and you know the leslie jones who i'm not going to stick on this leslie jones bit this whole sexually aggressive black woman unattractive Mm -hmm. black woman Mm -hmm. trying to get with these you know poor innocent overwhelmed white men is just the sapphire myth writ large. Right. And and it again it kind of taps into this really old ugliness that justified and, and, you know, I'm not trying to put her out there like that, but let's just like generations of black women were sexually assaulted and raped because of this type of sensibility. Because as a white man, obviously this woman threw herself on me. And that's the only reason all nine of us raped this girl. Right. Because she's so sex. So, you know, I actually am way more comfortable with Tiffany Haddish. So, but this is obviously something we could talk about for hours. Obviously. They've been talking about it for days in the Facebook group. (laughs) They have. They've been going in. (laughs) Yeah. So they've been going in. Um, Also, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ryan Sands. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Of of Runaways. Of Runaways. Another another, uh, uh, celebrity fan. ABC Freeform's run. Or is it on Hulu? It's on Hulu. On Hulu. Hulu's Runaways. Yeah. Yeah. Another fan of the Michelle Mission. Thank you, sir. That's pretty dope. Yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, I like that. All right. I like that. Now, if we can only get a shout out from your girl. Oh, Lord. I think your heart would melt oh. if Anika Noni Rose Lord, have mercy. was to say, hey, oh. I'm listening to the Michelle Mission. Oh. Whew. Let's move it along. Let's say she's listening. Oh. 
Let's say she. Let's say Anika Noni Rose. We just is, gonna stay here, huh? Is listening to this episode. right now. We just gonna stay here. Say something into the ear of Anika Noni Rose, Vince. Ms. Rose, I enjoy your work, and I'm a longtime fan. The the amazing part is that <laughs> you actually quivered a little bit when you said. I know, that. right? It's <laughs> like, oh shit, she might actually be listening. <laughs> What else we got, Lynn? I think that's about it. That's, All right. That's about it for that's now. That's probably a good place to stop. Oh, no, no, no. We do have one little more piece of information. And this okay. is for people in the Philadelphia area. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if you're in the Philadelphia area this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Yes. Vince and I, the Michaud Mission, will be hosting a screening of Sorry to Bother You. Yes, yes. We'll have a talk back. Mm-hmm. After the film, you know, Lynn and I'll talk about it for a minute and maybe talk to the audience. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking I'm forward to I'm really, really looking forward to this film. Now, some people may not know what Sorry to, Sorry to Bother You is all about, ladies and gentlemen. But then let me tell you, Sorry to Bother You is a new film from Boots Riley in an alternate reality of present-day Oakland, California, telemarketer Cassius Green finds himself in a macabre universe after he discovers a magical key that leads to material glory. Uh, That's all I'm going to read. It goes left from there. Yeah, This film, uh, which stars... Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. And Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, Lakeith Stanfield, as well as uh, Stephen Yoon and Army Hammer. Um, it, it actually comes out in, in theaters this week. Yes. Um, we're going to do a talk back at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute. We're going to put the post. Uh, there's a Facebook post. We'll put it in our Facebook group. We'll also uh, tweet it on uh, Instagram and Twitter so that you can check it out. And hopefully, if you're in the Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey area, you can get to Bryn Mars. Right? Yeah, come join us. Just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Friday to uh, missionary Jacob Mazer for putting it together. Yes. Yeah, good yes. looking out, Jacob. Yeah, shout out to Big big One Love. So we appreciate that. Okay, dope. I think, All right. I think, I think that's, I think that's, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that, that does it. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's set it off. We set it off. He's been waiting all week. <laughs> Before they started laying people off, they was paying folks $15 an hour at that place. Mm, that's good money. $15 an hour, I'll be old. What I gotta do, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could just get out of here. Hey, Darnell, I didn't know you had an account here. We're gonna have to let you go. The fact that you knew the perpetrator doesn't sit well with us. Do you know Lorenz and them got away with 20 grand? That's what we need to do. Rob a bank. That's stupid. Ain't nobody over here gonna be robbing no bank. We gonna end up dead anyways. Maybe that's the way to go. Firing off a nod. We just taken away from the system that's doing us all anyway. Well, what if something goes wrong? What if somebody gets hurt? Let's do it. All right, check it out. Y'all can roll with that right then. Robbing stage coaches? I need something I can set it off with. I ain't feeling this, Frankie. This ain't right. Okay. They seem to know the inner workings of each bank. Their MO is in and out. 
please do not be misled by the fact that these four bandits are female. $12,000 and 90 seconds. We said once to get us enough change to get us up out of here. You ain't getting far on three grand. Don't make me get ugly up in here, ladies and gentlemen. All these women run together. Getting way over the heads, aren't they? After being fired from her job as a bank teller, Frankie, played by Vivica A. Fox, begins working at a janitorial service with her friends Tyshawn, played by Kimberly Elise, a single mother, Cleo, played by Queen Latifah, a boisterous lesbian. That's what it says in the synopsis. She's a boisterous lesbian. (laughs) And Stoney, played by Jada Pinkett, who is dealing with the recent death of her brother. The women are struggling with their finances, so they decide to start robbing banks. At first, the group is successful, but they soon attract the attention of an obsessive detective, played by John McKinley. 1996, directed by F. Gary Gray. This is the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn Webb, what say you of Set It Off? I remember very vividly watching this movie in the theaters, and... um Coming out of the theater, feeling like I had watched something special. Mm -hmm. Like I had just taken two hours of well-spent time to watch a very good action film. Yes. Very good action film. You know, some very, like, you know, cleverly, uh, clever and inventive and uh, riveting set pieces in this movie. But first and foremost, what I felt was that I watched four friends make a movie. Mm. And because I felt that. To my core, when watching this film, when I left it, I was very moved by what happens in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it real, it really just like hit me. And watching it again today, I'm surprised to say that I was just as equally moved. Mm-hmm. When you're watching it with a critical eye, do you notice some nitpicks and stuff? Certainly you can. But like we've always said, if if the acting and the story and everything is authentic and you can feel what they're going for, you'll make allowances. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in fairness, there's not many allowances that you have to make for set it off, at least not to me. Right. The, I think the acting is, uh, is, is like top notch from head to toe. I feel that every one of these women 
in embodies the character that they are trying to portray um, 100% authentic I think that um, John McKinley as well as his partner Ella Joyce are provide a nice little uh, one level of stability upon which the story can ride mm-hmm. the other part of that stability is is bolstered by the romance that Jada Pinkett's character Stoney has with Blair Underwood which I also feel is a legitimate romance because it's not like you know I met you and now you're the love of my life no right it's just someone I've met and I want to be with you I want right. to spend time with you um there's not there's not a a false step in this film I th- in the script to this film. Uh, I think that the script is very smartly done by F. Gary Gray of, you know, Friday and Barbershop fame. Um, I think that it is, uh, it, it is honest in its depiction of, you know, South Central LA at this time in 1996 uh, without being heavy handed about it. Uh, I think you do get a little bit of a sense of the forces that are working up against this women mm-hmm. that then lead them to a life of crime. Is the life of crime maybe a big step? Perhaps. But that's a movie. Otherwise, you got to have a movie. Um, I think that I think that both Vivica Fox and Jada Pinkett maybe do some of the best work of their career. No doubt. In this film. Uh, And that's a lot considering how young they are in their career at this point. I think that Queen Latifah is absolutely mesmerizing in this movie. And if there was ever any doubt in 1996 that she was destined for bigger things. This film told you that, yo, she is a force not to be messed with. I think Kimberly Elise brings an authenticity to what she's doing, but I think that may also be because of her novice, her her naivete in the acting field in this. Nevertheless, I still felt for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I even like Blair Underwood, who I'm a fan <laughs> of, but like Blair Underwood never like like mowed me over. Right. But he is right in the pocket, right in his lane with this movie. This hey. so, so he's just he's like he's like uh, we need you to be smooth, Blair. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Blair Underwood as Blair Underwood. <laughs> exactly. You know. Um there's a scene in this movie closer to the end when, you know, you know, they're bank robbers. Yes. So they give into the greed of it all. But even then, they're really giving. They, they, yeah, you can I was all about that to they're say. Not really they, actually, the yeah. they're actually a force to make this move. Yeah. Actually. They're forced to make one last one last play because of your boy, Thomas. 
Tom, was Thomas, Thomas Lee Burr. Jefferson Burr Thomas got Jefferson himself Burr. a perm and a white woman. Yeah. Living the American dream, baby. Yeah, in the Della Vista <laughs> Motel. That's right. I'm like, dude, you couldn't get... But anyway. He, he bought a fancy watch, he got a perm, and then he got himself a white woman. He's like a 1930s blues song. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But there's a scene right before they're about to go to... Um, to do to decide whether or not they want they need to make this one last big heist, right? And Stony Jada Pinkett's character is arguing with Vivica Fox, and the two of them were pretty much like the leaders of this crew. Mm-hmm. Um, with Jada being like the moral center, and Vivica just being like the 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 strategist mm-hmm. of this because of her her experience working in the in banks. And um, they're arguing at one another. And then, and, and I remember the scene from when I seen it the first time. Jada Pinkett looks at Frankie, Vivica Fox character, and she's like wailing at her. And she's like, you said it was only going to be one time, <laughs> yeah. Frankie. And in the midst of all the energy that is in that scene, all the fire and brimstone and despair that is in that scene because they're being forced to make this one play. They thought they had set themselves up and now they've got to make this one play. In the force of that and the ferocity in which they are arguing at one another, Yeah. when Jada says that line to her and her voice cracks and you see it all in her face. Mm-hmm. You see a sincere, scared woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right there. And I remember when I saw it the first time and it, it, it hit me like hard. And watching it now, it hit me again. I was like, wow. Damn. It, it, it just knocked me back. It really sincerely knocked me back. This is the movie. This, I mean, I, I've said it before, Low Down Dirty Shame. Low Down Dirty Shame made me fall in love with Jada Pinkett because I thought Jada Pinkett was gorgeous in that. This was the movie that made me fall in, in love with Jada Pinkett, the person. Yeah. I just, I, I am an unabashed Jada Pinkett fan. <laughs> and I know there, you know, <laughs> We're alone on an island. I understand. <laughs> you know, there's not many of us, but darn it, we keep it afloat because Jada's got stuff. You, you know, it's it's actually become a running joke. I'm actually going to stop saying it because I actually because we taped the girls trip episode yes a few weeks ago and I say it on girls trip. So I'm just going to stop saying it. Like this is now like how many we've seen her in this. We've seen her in Bamboozled. Jacob's, Jacob's uh, Jason's no, Lyric. No, no, no. I'm talking about on our, on that we, shows we've reviewed. Oh, I thought we did. Did we do Jason's Lyric? No. Oh. No. You know, suffice it to say, what I always say about Jada Pinkett as we've been reviewing shows is that I'm not a big Jada Pinkett fan, but... Yeah, you do say that. Yes. <laughs> but apparently I'm a Jada Pinkett fan. <laughs> I think... Um, 
Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. The first thing you said, I think it's worth acknowledging. There are aspects of this movie that don't make a lick of sense. Mm-hmm. Like if you scrutinize it for more than 30 seconds. Uh, bank robberies don't really work like this. Uh, the the child protective services doesn't work like this. <laughs> like, you know, they just taking people's children. Uh, you, you, you know, even the whole thing with her brother, you know, what has with Jada Pinkett's character's brother getting murdered is kind of convoluted. It is. Like it revolves around a mistaken haircut. Yeah. But F. Gary Gray very smartly makes the decision. You got to get these four women in a room immediately. Mm-hmm. Like whatever we have to do to get these four women in a room and kind of put them in this pressure cooker of this situation we need to do. Because you are right. When when Vivica Fox, Jada Pinkett, Queen Latifah and Kim Elise are in a room, it it is electric. Yeah. The four of them together, yes. this I think I think this is the best thing that Jada Pinkett has done. I think um I think she's better in soul food. As but, far as Vivica. But I think this is easily the second best thing that Vivica Fox has done. I think this is the best thing Queen Latifah has done. And uh, we wow. talk about it a little bit next week. I think Queen Latifah got boxed in. Okay. You know, I think it's I think it's an open um it's an open secret that we all have conversations about Queen Latifah's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may or may not be, and ultimately it doesn't matter. Right. But I think that has affected the roles that she has gotten. Oh, okay. So that when Queen Latifah has a male love interest, mm-hmm. I don't think it has ever really rang true as much as it has in this film, her love with this um with this woman. Okay. Like the like like the 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 sheer sexuality that Queen Latifah exhibits in this film, mm-hmm. nothing has come close to that with her on screen. Hmm. And I was a fan of her in Scooter on Living Single. And everybody like Khadija in Scooter. She was never, she never had the type of raw sexual energy with Scooter that you get in this. Okay. Kim Elise, I think you're right. Kim Elise, in a lot of ways, is the glue that kind of holds this thing together. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think almost immediately after this film came out, 
everyone knew that this was something special and this was going to be something iconic. And I think what struck me so much watching it again is how, um, how sort of unapologetically feminist and black feminist this film is. Yeah. Um, because because men men are men and and sort of sexism mm-hmm. get in the way of every Everything. woman in this film yep. and sort of systemically and systematically woman by woman you see how them trying to you know operate in the patriarchy if you will mm-hmm. gets in their way so that they can't achieve what they want to achieve yeah and and so they have to rob banks like like if 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 the rules don't work if if you don't like the hand that you're dealt sometimes you have to stop playing cards you want to talk about dealt a raw hand the beginning of this movie vivica fox yeah after not only being caught up in a bank robbery, witnessing someone get shot in the head, having that person's blood on her clothes and her face, and she's fired. And again, I don't know, like I actually said to my wife, apparently um, lawyers don't, don't exist in this universe like I don't think you can get fired that quickly, but I also think that that is very realistic about women, and particularly poor black women, who kind of pull themselves out of their circumstances, and the circumstances find a way to pull them back in, mm-hmm. and those circumstances oftentimes revolve around a man. Yeah, you know, even if there's just somebody that I knew. Mm-hmm. But you, you know. I think um other thing that you said that I think is worth pointing out is that there is a romance with Blair Underwood. Yeah. And and you know Blair Underwood basically plays Blair Underwood. Like like you know I'm smooth ass Blair Underwood. I show up and do Blair Underwood stuff. But it is not at all the center of her story. No. Or or I mean if anything he's just sort of representative of this freedom. Exactly. That she's talking about. It's funny like I said I was watching with with my wife and we were kind of we watched this last night and, and we actually watched girls trip okay the other night and and she was like well you know what do you think the difference is between waiting to exhale and girls trip and i said waiting to exhale if you remember all four of them are really kind of obsessed yep with finding love yep and finding this man and then you get to the end of the film and they realize that their friendships are really way more important than these men. Like you get the sense that if any of these four women had gotten a man in the first 15 minutes of the movie, Mm -hmm. the other three wouldn't have seen him anymore. Yeah. But then by the end of the film, you really get this solid um, celebration of friendship. And I say girls trip starts there. This fits really neatly in between those two, because I do think that the friendship between these four is the most important part of the film. So that while yeah. there is a love interest for um, Jada Pinkett's character, like you said, he plays his role. He's in the pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, he's listening to Miles Davis, you, you know, kind of blue, because what else would a smooth black man listen to in right. 1996? Right. And, you know, he buys her a pretty dress and they go places. And then, you know, that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, it, it, this is a fantastic film. It's... It, 
I you like put this in the pocket in the middle, and, and it's interesting you brought up waiting to exhale. Stephen Holden of the New York Times wrote about this film at the time that set it off might be described as Thelma and Louise ride shotgun in the hood while waiting to exhale. <laughs> yes, I thought that was like really mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I actually would put this movie. There's something about this movie. There's something about the scene when they're sitting up on the roof mm-hmm. and they're looking at the like the factory across the street and they're just having a conversation, just smoking that bud. And there was something that was just so of just the camaraderie that was there, you know, mm-hmm. just really, really like like touched me in a way that I don't think that I certainly don't think that waiting to exhale touched me in that way. Sure. And as much as I am a fan of girls trip, I don't think girls trip touched me in that way either. And I, and and I'm sure there've been other movies with, you know, black girls, you know, a group of, group of girls, but this, this is the one that really kind of like just feels the, the most real to me. Like even the scene where they're doing their riff on the Godfather. And that scene maybe goes on a hair a hair too long. But even that scene, I like. Mm-hmm. Because you know that they're all not fans of The Godfather. Right. It's probably Vivica Fox that is the fan of The Godfather because she's got the cotton tissues in her mouth. Right, right, right. Oh, right. So it probably is Frankie. But because Frankie's my girl, let's just play with Frankie. Yeah. You know? And as much as Vivica's having fun with it, Jada's having a ball with it, Kimberly Elise character, Deshaun, yeah. is still in character having fun because she's 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 giddy yeah. with, with with the playing of it. And then as it goes on, she gets into it more because that's what you do when you're her. Right. You know, you're seeing everybody else have fun and you start to loosen up and you have fun with it. I thought it was just so so endearing of a of a of a scene. And I actually think that especially considering that it's a Godfather reference, a bold choice for F. Gary Gray um, to put that scene right there in the middle of the movie like he did. Well, I think that is another scene that kind of underlines, like I said, I was watching, like there's this really very well-articulated black feminist perspective to it. Like sort of the theme of the movie is that we are poor black women. Mm-hmm. But we are taking ownership and, and, and claiming the roles that men usually claim. So yeah. whether you're talking about something that seems like a throwaway role, but again, you've got these four black women pretending to be the, you know, claiming this sort of iconography, if you will. Right, right. There's this whole thing with um, Cleo in her car. Mm-hmm. And she's got a car and is 96. So when we think about low riders and certainly, you know, a car has been a phallic symbol since the 40s. Yes. So, you know, it's her and she has a low rider, too. And she's bouncing it up and down. You know, you want to talk about phallic symbols. It's this whole ongoing deal with the guns. Yeah. Where, you know, they tell Cleo, oh, you know, they tell him, oh, well, I'm going to give you these guns 
basically saying you can't handle that's right a real gun and then cleo says well i'm coming back for the uzi mm-hmm. and sure enough she comes back for the uzi so that again and i would grant I, I would i would offer that maybe this is why this one feels more immediate there there is I think this one is more inspirational in a lot of Believe ways. Believe it right, right, right? You know, like you do, like you have these four women doing this stuff mm-hmm. that no one would think they were doing. And I love you compare, like you mentioned that Vivica Fox's character has this knowledge of banks. Like you compare their robbery scene to Darnell at the very beginning. Exactly. These knuckleheads. Yes. But they come in, you know, loud, making noise, waving guns around, murdering people. Mm-hmm. And then you look at how the girls execute bank robberies until by the end, you know, Cleo has a professional mask and they have the overalls and they're doing it the way it should be done. And there is the one pick that I do have to the knit that I do have to pick. Okay. At the end. Because now at the end, they've got to do it. They've, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom is your boy, Tommy Bird, then made out with the made off with their money. Right, so now they've got to pull one. They've last. got to do one. They got to do one last heist, and they decide that you know well, we're going to go big, we're going to go hard. Yeah, so we're going to go for the biggest bank. Right, right, right. Fine. Why aren't you sending in your three best people? Why is that the one I, I that don't, now I don't, Kimberly Elise I, is is running in and Vivica's I mean the you're saying Kimberly at least why why wasn't Cleo the driver like Cleo's the driver but I understand but I understand Cleo being inside cuz Cleo is your is like she's she's the enforcer I, you know what I think they're so desperate by the end and and that is something else that I like I like the fact that they didn't get greedy I like the fact that they got backed into a corner. Yeah, because they were ready to. Because like, they were know, ready to, you know. Because the other thing that I like, and and you know, we've kind of one of the things I love about the wire. Nobody in this film is stupid. Mm-hmm. The police know immediately. Like yeah. I love the fact that John McKinley's character from the very first robbery says this is connected to this person and that person, and then you know you get the sense he's doing police work. Yeah. So it's like nobody is a dummy. We just can't. Go in there and grab people. Exactly. And, and you know, so, you know, but that, that last part, I didn't mind that much because, you know, at, th- at this point, they're just, they're just desperate. I know, but they're still, just desperate. But if you're desperate, you send in your three hitters. I hear you. I hear you. I didn't understand that. I, I, I didn't understand, like, I, the Kimberly Elise thing. Look, I didn't understand. Well, I mean, I do because you know how group dynamics work. Right. After Kimberly Elise ran out the first robbery, you were going to give her a cut, fine. She needs it for her child, which, you know, again, not a whole lot of character development. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a child, and she's very sad. We're going to give her a cup of, baby, why don't you stay home? Yeah. And let us rob banks. Make us sandwiches. Make us sandwiches, and we'll be back. And, and we'll get, you'll still get a cut. You'll get your cut. Because you'll hold it down the home. Get your child out of Child Protective Services, where apparently they just grabbing people, but... Yeah, that was really. (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, it was a bad accident that the kid had, but like, damn. Yeah, but you know, again, I'm I'm right with F. Gary Gray. Look, let's look. Okay, your brother's gonna get killed. You you just gonna get fired? Like the robbery was at 7 p.m. 9 p.m. You're fired. Like Mm -hmm. it was just all right. And Cleo, you just crazy. We got to get the four of them together. 
And and I wish and, and I'm gonna say it again next week, like I wish Queen Latifah would just make these movies. Like Queen Latifah is never as good as she is with other black women. So do you, okay, so you mean as far as co starring with other co starring other black with other black I think Queen Latifah as a heterosexual love interest is rings false. For, really? For whatever reason. I'm just looking at the work that she's done. I'm thinking of the, the ones that come to mind. Well, no, no, because uh, definitely on the side, but she, I, 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 no, I don't really believe I'm, I'm in my head. I'm the best you can do is brown sugar. That's where I was. Def's character is chasing after her. And that's really about most. And that's really about her. most. And frankly, most Def and Tay Diggs have more chemistry than most Def and Queen Latifah's character. And I don't mean sexual chemistry. No, I understand. I just mean the two of them in scenes together. I understand. But yeah, the, she was What in about the, her and LL? Yeah. That, no. that, it didn't work for it me. That and film it, with her in common. Well, yeah, well, we know. Yeah, that didn't work that for didn't, me. That didn't work. And, and, you know, I forget. I don't know anything else. She's had a love interest. Yeah. You know, Scooter on Scooter. Um, Living Single, which I liked. Yeah. But I didn't really think it was believable. I actually didn't think that that actor had any sort of sexual energy until I started seeing him on Black Lightning. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Because I feel like he's actually spitting game at old girl on Black Lightning. But yeah. Like, I think they say cut, and then he's like, yeah, you're trying to go over to the table and, you know, get a Danish? I mean, what, <laughs> what's good with you? Because <laughs> the two of them, you know, on Black Lightning. You talk about the, 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 uh, the actress playing his wife. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, you you know, I I I thought Vivica Fox. You know, I think it seems like it would have it would be difficult to have '90s Vivica Fox and '90s Jada Pinkett in the same scene because they'll have like a sassy off. <laughs> but I thought Vivica Fox really played hurt mm-hmm. well. Because mm-hmm. I think she's just hurt. Like, That's all it is. Like yeah, she's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. I can't believe I did everything I was supposed to do. I was, I was doing right. She was the girl of the of the of the squad that had it together. There's a throwaway line that I think tells you everything you need to know. After they've interrogated her and she gets fired and this and and she curses out John McKinley's character, and then she looks at Ella Joyce and says, "You didn't even ask me if I was thirsty." Yeah, and and is in that hurt. It's it just throughout the film. Yeah, because she, ex- you know, expects it from the rest of the people in that room. Right. Even right. the people that, you know, so-called her employers. Right. But damn, you sit, you're just going to sit there and just bust out that that uh, that Aquafina in front of me? <laughs> right. And you ain't going to offer me nothing? Your girl Ella Joyce is not utilized at all in this film, but no, it is not. good to see her. It is good to see Ella Joyce. Uh, I like Ella Joyce. I I enjoy her. She, it, it's amazing. She plays the partner in this. She also plays the partner cop in a couple of other movies. So, and I'm drawing a blank on, on what they are. Um, and and fans of the Michelle Mission probably know her most famously as the wife on Rock. Uh, yes, sir. Which, to be fair, is where I fell in love with her. Absolutely, too. that's where everybody fell in love with Ella Joyce. Um, she is an actress that that deserves to. I don't know what she's doing now, but she deserves to be working. I think more. this is the second time we've had her on here. She was also in Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry. Oh, was she? As the remember, she's the mother. 
Oh yeah, that's she's right. She's the mother who summons the prayer circle. That's right. That's right. And that I mean it's a crime that those are the only two films that we've talked about her, but it's not a lot to choose from. Yeah, I know, man. I'm I'm just looking at her up looking her up on um in Wikipedia. It said that she is a personal acting coach and consultant. I can see that. Yeah, she could teach some people how to act. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and has worked with uh more than a few artists, including Tony Braxton. Well, Tony needs some extra credit. Um, and she does a lot of theater work. She does some theater work. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, it was. It's always a pleasure to see Ella Joyce. Yeah, of him. And like we had mentioned before, John McKinley, always a solid actor. Yeah. And all jokes aside, love Thomas Jefferson Burton. This. Yeah, I love his character. Yeah, because it's is such. There's a specificity. Hmm. To his role and to his performances, and and you you know as much as I love the dynamic between the four women, obviously, and I actually like the storyline of them being bank robbers. Yeah, I quietly could have watched a half hour, one solid half hour, of Luther's cleaning crew. Oh yeah, and just sort of the interactions between like 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 the relationship between Luther. And Cleo in particular, mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, I could watch this." This movie set it off. Mm-hmm. First of all, because of this, the, the sparse cast would w- make for an excellent stage play. You could set it right there at the office building that they're cleaning. Right. You could. It, it, you wouldn't have to go anyplace else. You wouldn't even. Have, you don't even have to see the robbery. I was you about see, to say they can reference the robbery. Ref, reference the robbery. Yeah. They come running in with the money to hide it. You know. Yeah. I mean, and the, it would. It would kill. Yeah. It would, it would kill. Um. Because you're right. I could just see these two. These four women bounce off each other. They. They. It would be interesting to see. I wonder whether or not they could do it. Now, like we've we've referenced it all during this show, you know, next week we'll be do- reviewing Girls Trip, yeah, um, which is a return for Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett, right? And there's together. actually a funny moment that I just caught Saturday when I watched it again, where there's a scene where the four women are both they're they're all wearing wigs and sunglasses, mm-hmm. and there's a quick moment where Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett look at each other and they nod their heads knowingly, yeah, and I'm like. Aww. Yeah, they've been there before. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? So, um, I wonder whether or not you could get the four, the four of these women in a in a in a film again. It, I I would love it. I don't know, man. I would love it if you could. I I would love it if you could. I, I'm 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 scared of where a couple of these women's their careers have gone and the acting that I've seen from a few. Of them. Uh, before Girls Trip, I would not think that Jada Pinkett could pull off an ensemble like this again, but, you know, as we'll talk about next week, I guess, <laughs> hopefully you're listening to this like three weeks in the future so you can just play these episodes back to back. Yeah. Um, I thought Jada Pinkett was was fantastic. Oh, so you said I, I think I think Jada Pinkett. Yes, I know you're a Jada Pinkett fan, and you, you know, like <laughs> she I say, well with others. You know, oh no, 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 I don't mean well, play well you, with others. Well, you I said mean, you couldn't see her in an ensemble. I don't. I didn't know if she could still do it. Frankly, yes. She, yes. Yeah, well, well, obviously she can. Yes. Um, I think Vivica Fox is another. I don't think it's at the point with Queen Latifah. But as I'm sort of scrolling through my head, I'm also realizing. I think I like Vivica Fox when she's doing stuff with women. 
Like my fa- like I just said it at the beginning of this episode, my two favorite Vivica Fox performances are in Soul Food and this. I'm telling what's that movie that she did with um is it with LL, The Rules of Engagement? Or yeah, something? Two Can Play That Game. Two Can Play That yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. I don't like that movie. No, yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I really like her in this, and I really like her in her acting. Like, when she's actually acting, as opposed to, you know, I do think that there was a moment in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s where Vivica Fox and Jada Pinkett, frankly, like just sort of showed up and hit the button, mm-hmm. and like the Vivica Boxatron four thousand is activated. Yeah. yeah, and you know she just sort of, you know, I'm here for for Vivica. You know, you my sister, girl. You know, she just dared to do that. Mm. But I like, yeah, I I think they could. The other thing is, I love the fact that these actresses are older, and by older, Hollywood older. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're over 30. I mean, they're over 40. Mm-hmm. And they're still making this amazingly vibrant, giving these vibrant performances. So, yeah, I'd love to see the four of them together again. Real quick before we get out of here. Um, a couple of episodes ago, we did Superfly. We were yes, Superfly, we did. Where you, for some strange obscene silly reason went on about this bubble bath scene with ron o'neill and what was the young lady i forget name? the actresses oh i thought you loved her so i much. do love her but it's just, well, anyway it's like thirty thousand. It's, it's a dirty dish water scene yes the bubble bath technology had not advanced as far as it has in 2018 that being said but you also praised that scene for the curtis mayfield track that yes. played on there and that track give me your love give me your love which is a great track. Oh, yes. I contend. Yes, you did. That the love scene in Set It Off. Right, was better. With Blair Underwood. And, and, and Lil Baby Superfly. Lil Baby Priest. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm talking about that. Yes, I think the scene in the remake is better. Right. However, I think the scene in Set It Off. Oh, the love scene. With is, Blair Underwood and Jada Is better Pinkett than one with Superfly. Is, be- is, is better than both of them. Right. Okay. All right. So it's a very, it's a very, it's a weird scene. Like, he, why do you think it's weird? And he takes off his chain and he's doing his chain down her back, and that's not weird, bro. Oh, that's not weird. Not at hey, all. I'm not. Hey, I don't kink shame. <laughs> that's not kink. That's not kink. That's 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 it's you know, sensuality, tactile, and I'm gonna take my gold chain off and run it up and down your back, and yeah. there's some oils involved. Yeah. All right. Hey. It's a better scene. Hey. <laughs> it was. It's a, it's a, and the music was used better. <laughs> What's it gonna be? I can't pretend. We gotta talk about the soundtrack real quick. This is a good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. That's, that's a good solid 90s soundtrack yes, right there. It is, man. And then it, it, it the capper at the end is well, I'm missing you. I'm missing you is Brandy and and Gladys Knight yes. and like Deborah Cox. That's when they were just they were just grabbing people and putting well, them in the no, song together. No, they had four women in the movie. They wanted to have four women on a soundtrack. Yeah, no, no, I get that. But why you just like how you just grab like how you, you how you just grab, how you grab Brandy Queen Latif? I mean, uh, Brandy Deborah Cox and Gladys Knight. Like, what is that? You just grab you just grabbing people. 
said you're not just grabbing people. Brandy with 96 was super hot. Ooh. I mean, she was hot. Okay. She was still hot. Deborah Cox was coming into her to herself. And there's there's always room there's for Gladys. There's always room for Gladys. Gladys Knight. sets it off. Gladys sets it off. This isn't beneath Gladys Knight at all. No, it's not. <laughs> All right. Gladys needed to repair the deck on the back of her house. You're gonna leave me. You gonna leave Gladys alone? I'm not. I'm, this isn't about Gladys. This is about this song. What? You don't like the song? I mean, it's, you know, it is what, what? it is. What? It's a nineties, nineties. It's a good song, okay, especially a, how it's used in the movie. It's not a bad because you are you my you know, soundtrack. You are my sister. Yeah. Yes, my strength. Yeah. And my pride. My strength. And my pride. There you go. <laughs> It's a damn shame they pulled Gladys Knight into this. Are you serious? She kills it. She, of course she killed it. She's Gladys Knight. It's not a shame. You don't pull Gladys a, is not embarrassed by this pull, film. I'm not, bet she She's not a, embarrassed by I this I bet that check clear. Yeah, you don't pull Gladys in for this. Yes, you do. She's a, the Empress of Soul. Gladys will gladly want to be <laughs> up there with Deborah and just like, yes, whatever. How? I, yes, let me show y'all how it's done. All right. Well, there you go. Look, you know how I feel and Gladys fit in because in '96 everybody was grabbing Patty LaBelle. She would have overpowered the whole thing. Okay, easy. <laughs> you couldn't have Patty on this. Uh, okay, that's enough of that. Well, you couldn't. All right, Patty would have. Look, we get, there's not enough. First of all, we're right here in Philly. I don't really go in for no Patty talk in no, Philly. I love Patty LaBelle. Who are get a fuck? But Patty can't do us. a song with with. With like All three right, other women. Okay, That's why LaBelle didn't yeah. make it. Oh my God. You're actually going to get our heads cut off. That's why it didn't make it. Because Patty said, I don't need these women. Okay. Did she? Say it, Vince. Say it. Did I, she need them? See, now you've backed me in a corner where I'm actually going to say, I actually like LaBelle's music better than Patty LaBelle's music. What? I, I think Patty LaBelle. <sighs> But you know why you like LaBelle's music Patty better? I think Patti LaBelle's solo career is spotty at best, and it doesn't age that well. There, I said it. Okay, maybe so. But you know why you like LaBelle's music better? Because Patty is the singer. Patty's the singer? She doesn't need the other ones. Oh, for God's sake. Can we get... LaBelle is, is 70s SWV. There, I said it. They're actually not. Yes, they are. Like, like. Well, they, okay, no, they're not because yeah. SWV. Nona the other Hendrix, girls couldn't sing. Nona Hendrix did a lot of the writing. She did, and they actually kind of in, right. inspired each other. Like, that's a whole like, You're like, absolutely like, right. you, you like, I'm not getting pulled into a LaBelle con because this is going to be a three hour conversation. Yeah, absolutely right. Suffice I'm it to wrong. say, okay, I'm wrong. All right, but that, that was a bridge too far. Was a, yes, it was. That was a bridge too All far. Right. I am back. I'm right. back over okay. the river Kwai. All right, I, I apologize. But set it off. The damn fine piece of cinema. I'm assuming you would recommend it. Everybody should see it. This is a film and soundtrack. And soundtrack. That ages well. Yes, yet yeah, it does. No, it does. It does age well. And here's here's my um recommendation. Not only should you watch Set It Off, watch it from the beginning. And watch the unedited version. Like don't watch it on television. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, you gotta watch it because I think that sort of immediacy and that desperation that you're talking about that does kind of make it so powerful. Mm -hmm. It loses something when it's on television. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right because there's there's sort of like 
this slow kind of it's kind of like you you put some it's like you put the frog in the water mm-hmm. and you slowly get the water hotter and hotter yeah that is in this film so that by the end it it is almost uncomfortable like i think f gary gray does a great job kind of showing everything coming in on these women no matter what they do so is this some kind of Baltimore thing of putting frogs in water and turning them? You've never heard that? That's how you boil a frog? I've never like boiled you, frogs. I mean, I've never boiled a frog, but you know, it's like you put them in, in the water and, and right. you, sun, you turn the heat up slowly but surely oh. so that he doesn't notice how hot it's getting. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you actually, but they talk about that Ooh. as sort of... That's like, cruel. It's not, it's not about actually boiling the frog. It's about how you set... The set the mood, how you set a mood. Set the mood to kill the frog. Yes, it's, You're setting it's, them it's up. just it's just a saying. It's, 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 it, it, these sayings started somewhere. It's sort of like you know they say eat the frog first. Like, Who says eat the frog first? It's, it's the way of you say if you got a hard thing to do during the day, go ahead and do it as soon as possible. So you eat the frog first. I've never heard You've that. You've never saying. heard that. That must be some Baltimore. Maybe stuff. in Baltimore we just hate frogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's about. Yes. Yeah, don't come to Philly. Come to Philly talking about these frogs. Anyway. But yes, we are recommending it. Don't let us be your judge, ladies and gentlemen. Go check out Set It Off. Streaming on a uh streaming service near you. Yes, sir. Next week we journey week. to the planet they call Brooklyn. For a series of very special shows with some very special guests right from the heart of Brooklyn. Yes, sir. And as you heard us allude to all during the show, next week we will be reviewing Girl Trip, Girls Trip, with the Grand Dame of Tech from the Fan Bros show on Loudspeaker Network. We will be reviewing Girls Trip with Tatiana King. Yeah. She was a hell. It was really our first time sitting down with Tatiana. Oh, it was fantastic. And it was really had a, a great, great time. Con- we really great conversation. Did. Great time. Um, she housed my wife's uh, pound she cake. She housed. Like, I'm going to just go ahead and say that on record. She housed the pound cake. Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she did. And those are no Tatiana who is made just a little wisp of a thing. It, it's it's all mouth. Apparently, it's a TARDIS. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she's a TARDIS. <laughs> Tatiana King is a TARDIS. Oh, that's a bumper sticker. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here. Please. Like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Michelle Mission. If you have any comments or concerns, please email us at MichelleMission at gmail.com. All of our shows are available for your download, stream, and pleasure on MichelleMission.com, as well as on the Podglomerate Podcast Network. And you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Play, and any place and every place the good podcasts are found, including iTunes, where we ask you to leave us a... Uh, rating and a review because that helps people find the show like people like you so to all of our Michelle missionaries he's Vince I'm Len in parting we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.